Hey, it's Desi, Christo, and Alec. Before we continue with this episode, I just want to talk about our sponsor for this episode, Anchor. If you haven't heard of them, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Do you think you need a full thousand dollars setup just to make a podcast? No way. You can record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and you can distribute your podcast on platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Best of all, Anchor is 100% free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thank you for listening, and now let's get back to the rest of the episode. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Storytime with Desi. This is Chapter 3 of Metal Play. Now, if you're skipping ahead for whatever reason, because I know sometimes I do that myself with some podcasts, please go back um, two episodes to listen to the first and second chapter of this story. To get right into it, let's begin with chapter three of Metal Plague. Chapter three, Storm the Fort. Thunder roared above, the church bell ringing, seven blaring chimes. As the downpour from the great clouds pours on the poor and saddened town of Houston, in the place I called home, I glare out my bedroom window and gaze over the orphanage courtyard. I watch as the children run inside take shelter from the storm. Are you ready, Gilbert? I asked. Then my attention is turned to the secret hidden within these ancient walls. For tonight, those secrets will be exposed to punish the wretches that hide behind them. Yes, Hugo. Everything is in place. We're ready. Gilbert reports. And let's begin. Walking through the halls, now filled with the shouts and laughs of children, pouring in from the coming storm, we make our way towards the barren halls on the opposite side of the orphanage, avoiding all the mistresses on our way to our destined location. Once we enter the halls, nothing but the echo of thunder and rain could be heard in the hall, just like I thought. Turning behind me, I look at Gilbert and place my hand on his shoulder. You ready, Gilbert? Yes, Hugo. I'll try to keep them away for as long as I can. Gilbert resembles a soldier ready to march into battle. Giving a small chuckle, I pat his shoulder and send him off to enact our plan. Look, my friend. I whisper to none, but the empty halls as they echo my worst thoughts back to me. No, I can't think like that. We'll find what we need. Then we'll report it to the police. Hopefully, they'll listen to some teenagers when we show them the proof. But there isn't always a guarantee in life. Snapping out of my thoughts with the help of some thunder, I marched towards the office of the headmistress. If the plan worked, then the hall should be empty. 
There's none to witness my act of robbery. Scurrying through the halls like a mouse looking for cheese, I look for a door that has been separated from the others. The headmistress was always a woman of privacy. Finally, after coming around the last corner to find the office, I immediately retreat behind the last hallway as I hear footsteps walk up to the office door. Waiting for them to pass, I hear more footsteps, but these ones, unlike the calm walking from earlier, were rushed. Someone else is here. But soon, both steps of steps stop as someone gasps for air. Miss Eleanor! Thank goodness I found you! Come quick! Gilbert lost sign of Hugo while r running the errand. He he's lost in the storm. That's one of them. Come. We need all mistresses out to help search. Without haste, they both rush in the opposite direction. Had a boy, Gilbert. Huh. Looks like the plan did work after all. I'm surprised that they would actually send all mistresses to look for one missing child. But it also means that, for whatever reason, the headmistress is selling orphans that are worth far more than I have anticipated. Despicable. Once I ensured that both have left, I made my way to the office door. Turning the knob, I feel it fighting against me to turn all the way. Dang, it's locked, I mutter. Although not entirely surprising, since if I were keeping a secret of this magnitude, I too would try and protect them. Banging my body against the door, I tried to break in, but I did not succeed. After a minute of this repeated action, I began to hear steps once more come down the hallway. Who's there? Panicked, I look around for things that might help me in this endeavor. Rapidly darting my eyes around my surroundings, I failed to locate an item to help aid me until I looked at the window down the hall. A bolt of lightning flashes outside in the hurling rain. Stunned by the sight, I prepare myself to make one final effort to open the door. Backing up against the wall, opposite of the door, I brace my arms and shoulders for impact. Keeping my eye on the window, I wait for the light to say go. Once I saw the flash of light out the window, I clash into the door, thundering like the light out the window. After bringing it to the office, I scrambled to the door once more and shut it behind me. Sliding down to the floor, my back against the door, using my weight to keep it shut. The steps grow closer to the door until I pinpoint their source to be just behind the door I sat again. Soon the knob of the office door began to turn, jiggling for a few seconds.
I then feel a force pushing against my back, trying to get in. In an effort to keep the door shut, I push against the floor with my feet, backing up into the door with all the strength I had left. Over and over, I felt the force of the door pressing against me. My heart raced, and my breath became heavy. After a minute or two of the person trying to get in, I hear a little whisper come from behind the worn wooden door. Hugo, Hugo, are you there? Realizing who the voice belongs to, my heart drops in relief, falling to the floor to help stop my body from shaking. I slowly get up and open the door to let Gilbert in. Bloody hell, Gil! You nearly gave me a stroke! I yell in a whisper. Letting Gilbert into the office, I stick my head into the hallway to make sure that no one else was outside. Gilbert questions me while looking under some papers. So, what do we do now? Do we just start breaking stuff? Of course not, Gil. We just have to look for something. Then what? It could be anything that we're looking for. A bit frustrated as I now look around the office, looking for anything that might be of some use in our endeavor. I frustratedly yell at Gilbert. Just, just let me know if you find anything out of the ordinary. A silence fell up between us. Nothing but the tapping of rain on the stained windows could be heard. After looking through a bookshelf in the back of the office, and while Gil searches the desk in the front, I back up to see if I can see anything that's hidden above the shelf. After walking back a few meters, I fall back, hitting my back against the dark wooden floor. I look in front of my feet not being able to make out what I tripped on. I adjust my body to crouch over the spot that I fell over. Squinting my eyes, I find it challenging to see what is there. It isn't until a flash of lightning passes by, lighting the room for a brief moment to make out a raised section of the floor. Shocked, I quickly scramble to my feet and call out to Gilbert to help me move whatever it is. Gil, come here. I, I think I found what we need. I whisper as I kneel back down to the floor to run my hand over what it is, searching for any details that I can make out. I find a metal loop handle. What is it, Hugo? Gil asks as he tilts his head curiously at the darkened figure. I answer his question as I lift up the handle, revealing a long and steep tunnel underneath the piece of wood. Turning towards Gilbert, I see him get up and walk over to the desk, grabbing a small box of matches for us to use. Handing the small box to me, I lead us down the tunnel. After we ventured a bit deeper into the tunnel, I began to trail my hand against the wall, 
until we reach the bottom of what I'm guessing was a stone staircase. Pulling out a match, I light it on the side of the box. The light from the little match was enough for me to see a torch mounted on the wall. I pull it from the wall as I light it, using it to venture deeper into the mysterious corridor. Hugo, where are we? There's no lower levels in the orphanage. Gil whispers, only shouting in my ear. Well, I suppose the headmistress was hiding things after all. Continuing down the corridor with Gilbert, hovering close behind me, I can make out bags of what I'm guessing is gold. Reaching the end of the corridor, I fall upon a book on a stone pedestal. Bumping into my back, Gilbert stops and rubs the side of his head. Then walking around me to stand next to the stone pedestal, Gil asks me a question. What is this, Hugo? Gil questions as his finger grazes the leather spine of the book. Narrowing my brows, I move the torch to my left hand and open the book. Bringing the torch a bit closer to the book, I make out rows and rows of what appears to be dates and names. Their names, I mutter as I run my fingers down the torn and stained pages of the book. N names Gilbert repeats what I muttered. Looking concerned and frightened, I'm frozen in shock. As my theories became realities. I've had my suspicions since the previous day, but I never wanted them to be true. Staring at the pages with a burning gaze, I then hear squeaking of metal hinges. Dust falls from the ceiling as heavy thumbs come towards the entry to the corridor. Looking stuck in place, I hear Gilbert's rushed and heavy breathing next to me. But before I could begin to move my body from the pedestal due to shock, steps could already be heard coming down the stone steps. Hello, And that is the end of chapter 3 of Metal Play. I hope y'all enjoyed. We have been working really hard to bring quality entertainment and storytelling to you viewers. And just in case some of you forgot or want to know a way to help support, if you like what we are doing, you can find us on Patreon, where we now have a Storytime with Desi Patreon page with several benefits such as shoutouts, bloopers, early access to episodes, and even digital copies of the stories or chapters that we read so that way you can have a little read along with the podcast or if you just want to have a little chill time and read the story by yourself. The prices for the three tiers that we have set up in our Patreon page go from $3 all the way to $9. I'm your host, Desire Gomez, and this is Storytime with Desi. Bye!